This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Well, let's pray. Lord, we come to you this morning because, Lord, who else are we going to go to? You have the words of eternal life. And we're looking forward to hearing your words this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn in your Bible, please, to Matthew chapter 17. We're going to cover these last verses in this chapter, verses 24 through 27. So Matthew chapter 20, chapter 17, verse 24 is our text this morning. Matthew 17, verse 24. And when they were come to Capernaum, they that received tribute money came to Peter and said, Doth not your master pay tribute? He saith, Yes. And when he was coming to the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, What thinkest thou, Simon, of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute? Of their own children or of strangers? Peter saith unto him, Of strangers. Jesus saith unto him, Then are the children free. Notwithstanding, Lest we should offend them, go thou to the sea, cast in a hook, take up the fish that first cometh up, and when thou hast opened his mouth, thou shalt find a piece of money. That take and give unto them for me and thee. Now the Lord has, and his disciples have come back to Capernaum. Capernaum has become kind of a second home for them, a sort of base of operations. They've got many friends there. And when they arrive, Peter is now approached. He's really challenged in verse 24 when it says they, when they were come to Capernaum, they then received the tribute money, came to Peter and gave him this challenging question, doth not your master pay tribute? So it's a group of money collectors here, the Jewish money collectors. The money that they're collecting is called the tribute money. It's called the tribute. And they have a question whether or not the Lord is exempting himself from paying this tribute money. And they don't go directly to Jesus to ask that question, which you'd think they would. But instead, they go to where they see is a weakness in the link here. Peter 
He's a good one to target. And they tried to embarrass Peter. The tribute money was typically collected in the month of Adar, which is when Purim was. And now it's months later and the tribute is money is uh, overdue. And so what was this tribute money that they're talking about? Well, it's all laid out for us in Exodus chapter 30, verse 11, Exodus 30, verse 11 through 16, which says that the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, when thou takest the sum of the children of Israel after their number, that they shall give every man a ransom for his soul unto the Lord when thou numberest them, that there be no plague among them when thou numberest them, and they shall give every one that passeth among them that are numbered half a shekel. It's really a very small amount. Half a shekel after the shekel of the sanctuary explains the shekel is 20 geras, and half a shekel shall be the offering of the Lord. When it says offering, it's always voluntary. Now going on. Everyone that passeth them in Exodus chapter 30, verse 14. Everyone that passeth among them that are numbered from 20 years old and above shall give an offering unto the Lord. The rich shall not give more. The poor shall not give less than half a shekel when they give an offering unto the Lord to make an atonement for your souls. And thou shalt take the atonement money of the children of Israel and shall appoint it for the service of of the tabernacle of the congregation, that it may be a memorial unto the children of Israel before the Lord to make an atonement for your souls. So there was a numbering of the Israelites. Everyone that was 20 years old was numbered. They were numbered. And when they were numbered, each person was to give half a shekel. It's really a very small amount, less than a dollar as an offering to the Lord. The money is called in this Exodus chapter 30, verse 11, it's called a ransom for his soul. It's called in Exodus 30, verse 14, an offering unto the Lord. In other places, it's called that an offering. In uh, Exodus chapter 30, verses 15 and 16, it's said to make an atonement for your souls. Or in verse 16, Exodus 30, verse 16, it says it's called the atonement money. The atonement money. Now, we know from the scriptures that the what can wash away my sin, only a blood sacrifice, which is Exodus, which is Leviticus 17.11, Leviticus 17.11. For the life of the flesh is in the blood, and I've given it to you on the altar to make an atonement for your soul. It's the blood that makes an atonement for the soul. So what was this tribute money, and why is it called a ransom for the soul? Why is it called to make an atonement for your souls? Why is it called an atonement money? Well, since blood was what made an atonement, as he said, I'd give you the blood that's the blood that makes an atonement for the soul, the key to understanding this tribute money is Exodus 30, verse 16. Exodus 30, verse 16, which says, it may be a memorial unto the children of Israel before the Lord. The money was a memorial, very small, like I said, half a shekel, less than a dollar, but it was a reminder. The money was a reminder to each person that he had really made the Leviticus 17.11 offering to the Lord as an atonement for his soul, as the Lord said. The tribute money is called a memorial because it's a reminder. The tribute money was a reminder of the ransom for their souls. The tribute money was a reminder of the atonement for their souls. That did not mean 
that did not mean that just because a person paid this small uh, reminder money that he had really put his trust in the Leviticus 17.11 blood to make an atonement for his soul. But if he had, the yearly tribute money reminded him that he had put his trust in the blood sacrifice for his salvation. That did not mean that just because a person paid the tribute money that he really had made this Leviticus 17.11 blood to be the ransom for his souls, but if he had, then the annual tribute money served as a reminder that he had made the blood sacrifice to be the ransom for his soul. So God instituted this annual tribute money as a reminder because when a person is in trouble, when you and I are in trouble, when any person is in trouble, big trouble, and they get out of trouble, that person, you and I included, are just so happy to be out of the trouble that we forget the trouble. You do this, I do this. I put a mental block I just can't remember when I was in a lot of trouble, and this, which is very often, actually, and you get out of trouble. And that's true for us today. The greatest trouble that you and I were in was when we were lost sinners on our way to hell. That was big trouble for us. And that trouble terrified us and that trouble haunted us. And like all trouble, when the day came that it was gone, we wanted to be gone forever. We want to forget about it. And then we came to Christ in our great trouble and he saved us from that trouble, and now we want to make all of it just a part of our forgotten past. That's what we do. That's what we want to do, where we want to just forget it, pretend like it never happened, pretend like we were never in the trouble of the defiling addiction to unforgiven sin. We were never there. No. And God says, no, you don't. God says, you are not to forget the trouble you were in. You are not to forget that you were addicted to unforgiven sin, you are not to forget how God saved you from your defiling addiction to your unforgiven sin. And so a reminder of an annual tribute money was instituted by God, a reminder that is so often to remind them, and God has given us another reminder of that often reminder, that often practice, it's the Lord's Supper, it's communion. Instead of the tribute money, the Lord has instituted the Lord's Supper for us, the Lord's table, as a reminder, and this is what he did in Luke twenty-two nineteen. Luke twenty-two nineteen. he took bread, he gave thanks, he broke it, he gave it unto them, saying, this is my body which is given for you, this do in remembrance of me. There it is. Likewise also the cup after supper, saying, this cup is the New Testament of my blood, which is shed for you. So the Lord commanded take the bread, eat it in remembrance of me that he gave his body to be broken to take away the trouble of our addiction, our defiling addiction to our unforgiven sin. Big trouble. And he says, take the cup, drink it, remembrance of me, because he said, I shed my blood to take away the trouble of your sins. But just as paying the tribute money did not mean that a person was trusting in the blood atonement for his soul. But if he was trusting in the blood atonement, paying the tribute money was a memorial of his trust. So eating the bread at the Lord's table does not mean a person is trusting in the broken body and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus as the atonement for his soul. doesn't mean that. But if he is trusting in the blood atonement of Christ, that eating the bread at the Lord's table 
Drinking the cup is a reminder to him of his trust, just as the tendency is for us to want to forget the horrible state that we were in, forget the horrible death of Christ that it took to deliver us from defiling addiction to our unforgiven sin. So there's a tendency to either not come to the Lord's table or communion to remember our sins and his death, or there's a tendency just to go through the motions of the Lord's table and eat the bread and drink the grub and just drink the cup and just not use that time for its purpose, which is to remember our sins, horrible as they were, and the Lord's death, terrible as it was, to take away our sin, which is why the Bible uses the term often in the Lord's table in 1 Corinthians 11, 26. 1 Corinthians 11, 26, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show forth the Lord's death till he come. You also show forth the horribleness of your sin that it took for him to die so to death. And the payment of the tribute money was to be the same small amount every year, whether a person was rich or poor, all just that little amount. It's symbolic. That's what it was. Why? Everyone is equal before the Lord. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. So the collectors of the tribute money, they come with their challenge, whether or not Jesus, whether or not your master Peter is going to pay this tribute money or not. They come with the challenge. He hadn't paid it. And so Peter, without thinking, which is normally his state. But anyway, without thinking, in verse 25, it said, he said, yes. And when he was coming into the house, Jesus prevented him, saying, what thinkest thou, Simon? Simon? Of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute of their own children or of the strangers? So again, Peter, very typical, an impulsive answer without thinking. Why? Well, he's anxious to protect the reputation of his Lord, of his master, of Christ. He just shot out his answer of, yes, my master pays the tribute money. Now, you imagine Peter, after he says this, he's maybe a little concerned because he's thinking to himself, what did I just do? That's normally what he's saying to himself. What did I just do? I just committed Jesus, my master, to pay the tribute money, and I didn't ask him. I don't know where this money is going to come from, and I didn't ask him. So his quick answer, Peter's quick answer, gets him into a bind. And we do that very often. I do, you know. You do something and you say, what did I just do? So now Peter's state of mind is that, and he comes back into the house. He's wondering, you know, what am I going to do? And this is where the great care of the shepherd Jesus is seen. Because the shepherd Jesus, the Lord Jesus, he knows all about what Peter has just done. He knows all about the conversation. And Peter doesn't have to explain to him what just happened. And the Lord did not take the position of, well, there he goes again. There he goes, Peter again, shooting off his mouth without thinking. Well, let's just let him face the music on this one. They'll teach him a lesson. That's not what he did. That's not what the Lord did here. He's a caring shepherd. Actually, Peter had really put the Lord in a bad position here because if the Lord paid the tribute money, then Peter might have thought that he forced the Lord to really deny what the issue here is that Jesus is God. Jesus is the God of the temple. And so by paying the money, it would force him to take the position of, well, yeah, I'm not really God, so I have to pay the money too. And I'm late on it. 
On the other hand, if he didn't pay the tribute money, then he would have forced the Lord to acknowledge that he was God, and that's something the Lord did not want to do. Remember, he was always, don't tell people till after I'm raised from the dead. So the Lord now steps in to help Peter, and this is so typical of the Lord. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus, and the reason his name is Jesus is because of Matthew 121, where Joseph was told, she shall bring forth the son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus, for he shall save or deliver his people from their sins. And that's always what he's doing, he's delivering, he's getting us out of trouble. He's getting us out, he got Peter, he's getting Peter. So Peter, so he's getting him out of trouble, okay. So Peter got himself in trouble with this rash statement that the Lord uh, pays and he'll be right on it and you can expect that, he'll be a little late. But it, and the Lord gloriously here, and it really was gloriously because it was a lot of glory for the Lord in this whole episode, he repaired the damage that Peter had done. And this is so typical of how we get ourselves into deep trouble from our sins. Just take it as a whole. All of our sins got us into deep trouble, and the Lord gloriously got us out of the damage, the trouble, on the cross. The cross is glory. It's the glory of getting us out of trouble. And this is what he did here. Now, first of all, the amount of money, a half a shekel, is really very small. And the Lord could have said, oh, you know, that's such a trivial amount. I'm not going to get bothered myself for it. I'm just going to ignore it. But that's not what he did. That's not what he did. And it shows us that there's never a problem that's too small for us to bring to the Lord for help. You know, it's just less than a dollar, but, you know, we don't have it. And the Lord was there, but the Lord was not there physically when Peter was asked if Christ the Master was going to pay the tribute money. And the Lord spoke before Peter told him about it. And that shows the Lord's omniscience. It shows he knows everything. I mean, there's not a word that goes on any private conversation between Peter and temple workers that the Lord didn't hear, even though he wasn't there. And we're going to find out there's not a fish in the lake that the Lord doesn't know where that fish is and what that fish is doing. So in verse 25, we read the Lord spoke before Peter spoke, and the word that's used here is prevented. Prevented means to get in front of, cut in front of the line. It means to go before another. It's the same word that's used in 1 Thessalonians 4.15, 1 Thessalonians 4.15, which is talking about the order of people who get resurrected from the dead when it said, this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that they which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. In other words, go before. So it means that when Christ prevented Peter from telling Christ what happened at the temple, Christ was able, he prevented, he went before because even though he wasn't there, he knew all about it. And he says, okay, of whom do the kings of the earth take custom or tribute of their own children or strangers? This is the question he asks Peter. Do earthly kings collect taxes from their own children? Do they turn in their family at the dinner table and say, now you owe the tax and you owe the tax and you owe to help him? And if the king collected taxes from his own children, it would be like the king was collecting taxes from himself. And so Peter responds to the question in verse 26, and he said, Peter saith unto him, of strangers, not of their own family. Now to him, well, then the children, literally the sons, the children are free. So the people in their own family are free. 
So Peter replied that kings tax those who are not their own children. And the Lord said that, well, if that's true, then the children of the king do not pay taxes. Now, the temple tax was taken for God, for God's house, for the temple. And since Jesus Christ is the son of God, he should not pay the tax because it would be like he was taxing himself. I mean, the temple for which this uh, money was uh, collected was Christ's temple. It was his temple. Malachi 3.1, Malachi 3.1, where we saw where it says, Behold, I will send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me, and the Lord whom you seek shall suddenly come to his temple. Christ came to his temple, even the messenger of the covenant, and so forth. So the temple was Christ's temple, and it was also his father's house, as he said in John 2.16, John 2.16, he said unto them that sold doves, take these things hence, and make not my father's house a house of merchandise. So all this is emphasizing part of the family, the God family, the, the Trinity God family. But to Peter's surprise, the Lord said in verse 17, notwithstanding, lest we should offend them. And he gave the instructions, go to the sea, cast in a hook, take up the first fish you catch, open his mouth, there you got the money. So literally, what the Lord said was, uh, lest we should offend, lest we cause them to stumble. It's another word for that. Let's cause them to stumble. The Greek word is scandalizo, which is where we get our word scandal. And so the Lord is saying here, and there's a lot of places like offense is used. This offense is the same word. A rock of offense. Christ is called a rock of offense, a rock of a scandal among the Jews. And the Lord had said that this is such a problem of the, of the scandal, of the offense with me, is that he said, you know, there's so many scandalous things they say about me. I'm despised, I'm rejected. I don't wash hands before I eat, and I don't do this, and I don't do that. The Lord is saying, let's not just add another one unnecessarily, but there are so many offenses against Christ that Jesus said in Matthew 11:6, blessed is the one that dodges all the bullets. Blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. So many reasons he saw that people were taking for being offended in him. He just said, person is really blessed if he's just not offended in me. And how many times is it that you, you and I speak to a person about Christ and they start talking about something that offended them? You know, that like being, I'm offended at Christ because of the hypocrites in the church. What they've got to do with it, I don't know. But that makes them offended. I'm offended at Christ because of the what these pastors did or these priests to these children. I'm offended at Christ, you know. Or I'm offended at Christ because the Spanish Catholics killed Jews if they didn't convert in the Inquisition. And on and on it goes. You know, it's amazing, all the list of the offenses that come. The temperature's not right. I can't hear in church, you know and I'm offended at Christ. And, and so the Lord Jesus is very sensitive now to not just creating just another opportunity for people to become offended at him over the temple tax. So the Lord looks at the situation and he sees the potential for creating another issue over paying this tribute money. And he said, you know what? It's just a distraction. And the Lord then does something amazing. He submits. He submits to the demand 
to pay the temple tax, even though it's absurd for him to pay the temple tax. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org to sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestoration.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. That's P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. That's tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. For more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. That's 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.